0: Yep, my name is Lee Elizabeth Grinelli Vossen, and that's L-E-I-G-H, and Victor O-S-S-E-N.
1: Very good. Now, Ms. Vossen, do you uh, swear to tell the whole truth? Uh, tell, to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth today? I do. Very good. Now, I believe we've actually had some reference to you already this morning, as Ms. Schroeder mentioned you uh, during her testimony. I understand that you're here today because you're one of the founders of a nonprofit organization called Students Against Mandates, uh, or SAM for short. Uh, We're going to get into the circumstances that led to the formation of of that group, but just to give us a bit of background, can you please uh, explain to us your qualifications and your education uh, and your employment as of the pandemic at the start?
0: Yeah, so when the pandemic started, I was working as an in-house graphic designer and at the time as well, my friend and I were actually planning on opening uh, a small business. So we just finished uh, doing a business plan and we were looking at spaces to lease. The two weeks to slow the curve hit and I said, let's take a pause on this and uh, ended up being a little bit longer than two weeks to slow the curve. So that small business was put on hold, but that's where I was at at the beginning. And you were continuing
1: to uh, work throughout the pandemic at that point. Your current employment was still continuing at that point. Is that correct?
0: That's right. It was moved to all online. So I was able to work for my apartment. Um, by December of um, 2021, or sorry, 2020, um, I decided to leave my position there and go back to school um, to take business administration, accounting. I felt that would be good to make use of the pandemic and that um, education could be put towards opening my small business. Very good. Uh, where did you enroll for these classes? It's at Red River College here in Winnipeg.
1: And, and just, to, uh, just to confirm that was in December of 2020 that you enrolled in those classes, is that right?
0: I, uh, it started in January of 2021. So my last day at my graphic design job was in December and then January is when I started business administration. Very good. And at that time, how were uh, classes being conducted? So they were all on Zoom. All of them, 100% all of, them, of your yeah. classes. Yeah. Uh, and, and there was no mention of mandates, uh, no mention of vaccine passports. Hadn't heard of them at the time. Very good.
1: So I understand that you were able to complete your first uh First and second term, in fact, uh, of of your business administration program. And third term. And your third term as well, all via Zoom, is that correct? That's correct. Now, how long was your program? How many semesters in total? It would have uh, been four terms. Okay. I had one term left. All right. So at what point um, were you preparing to start your fourth and final semester?
0: Ooh. Uh, I remember that the the mandates hit in August of 2021, and I was still in my second term. Um, the mandates actually didn't affect me because I was online and it, it wasn't moved in person. But any staff or student who needed to be on campus, say nursing, or uh, there's a lot of construction programs at Red River, it's a very hands on college. So there's a lot of um, programs that required students to be in person. At that time, it didn't affect me. It wasn't until my the end of my third term going into my fourth term, I was notified that my classes would all be moved to in-person and that I would need to submit proof of vaccination, Um, I contacted my school and said, you'll need to provide an alternative. Um, And I guess I can just say they provided one online class or like, yeah, one online class per course. Um, But for some reason, a number of students, including mine, another unvaccinated student, I don't know about the rest of them, But our registration portals were frozen until all of those classes were filled. So I don't know why that happened, but I was unable to register for any online classes. They were taken up, and I decided to drop out because I didn't want to support the college. So I'm going ahead. I'll let you ask questions.
1: That's okay. I understand. I'm just going to go circle back a little bit here and and just try and get a little more detail about some of what you've told us here. So uh, you've advised that you were... um, you were told in August of 2021 by by your school that a mandate would be coming into effect shortly. What specifically were were the terms of that mandate? You you have said that uh, only those that were required to to attend classes on campus at first were required to be vaccinated, and that this did not affect you as an online learner. Is that right?
0: Yeah, that's right. So it's essentially so, oh.
1: sorry. So at what point uh, did the mandate then affect you, and and what did the mandate require?
0: Um, yeah, so again, it was at the end of my fourth term. I can't remember the exact date of when that was, or sorry, the end of my third term going into my fourth term. That's when I was informed. I received an email saying business administration classes, we're going to return to campus, and in order to step foot on campus, you need to provide um proof of vaccination and so this
1: policy was only coming into effect on on your fourth and final yes. semester in fact only when they
0: so the mandate was still in place but then they were moving my um program to in person the mandate actually started during my like maybe halfway through my third term so i felt like i'd be able to get through my whole program without having to um to go through this.
1: Right. Now, you did say that you expressed some concern uh, regarding the mandate to your administration. Can you just describe generally how you communicated those concerns?
0: Absolutely. So I was, I remember I was driving with my family to Toronto, um, sitting in the back seat of the car, and I received an email from the president of the college announcing the implementation of vaccine mandates and passports for all staff and students who wanted to step foot on campus. And again, it didn't affect me, but I felt so strongly against this. And I guess throughout the whole pandemic, I'd felt um, that a lot of the treatment towards the unvaccinated was very unjust, and I decided to do something. So I wrote an email um, to the president uh, expressing my concern. I said, on behalf of a huge group of concerned students, it was just me. But um, <laughs> I, uh, I, I just explained I'd like to see the data. I followed that up by posting that email into an uh, anti-mandate group on Facebook. That I joined the day before, there's about 5,000 people in that group, I said, could you guys send this and bombard the president of my college, um, which a lot of them did. Um, a few days later, the college announced, I, I should add, they had said no exemptions were allowed for students who are unvaccinated to step foot on campus. They said, actually, we will allow um, exemptions for unvaccinated students. And then I messaged the president and said, would I be able to meet with you in person to discuss the data? Um, it was a very nerve-wracking thing to do. I'm not comfortable with that, but I felt like we needed to push back on this. Um, and he ignored a number of emails and voicemail messages, and then eventually they said something along the lines of, we're against discrimination and segregation of any kind, but these are our policies, and that's the end of the discussion. So...
1: Now, you said that uh, the the school did at some point advise that there would be exemptions made. Were there any conditions uh, that you had to meet in order to uh, qualify for an exemption?
0: Those weren't stated, and once I started my organization, Students Against Mandates, I started receiving messages from people saying, my religious and my medical exemptions are all being denied. Uh, You're hard-pressed to find a student who got an approved exemption. I think it was just sort of a, look, we're offering this, it needs to be approved, and none of the exemptions really met the criteria. I think there's a, a couple of students, but very few. So did
1: you ever receive any direct communication from, from the administration, specifically with regard to your uh, your attempted
0: communications? Uh, I got one email saying, we'll respond to you in a couple of days, or we'll respond to you tomorrow, and then they didn't, so then I kept emailing them and leaving them voicemail messages, and then I did get that email that one email saying, This is the end of the discussion, essentially. Um, this is our policy, we stand firm by it. We'll not be re- meeting with you. Very good.
1: Now, I understand that. Uh it's perhaps been implied to this point, but has not been directly stated that you either were not vaccinated or were not willing to disclose your vaccination status. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, I'm unvaccinated. Okay. Prior to COVID, had you
1: ever experienced any hesitation with regards to obtaining vaccinations?
0: No, nope, not at all.
1: So this was essentially a first a first instance of concern for you. Is that right? That's correct. And what specifically uh, was it
0: concerning for you? Well, I don't know why this is for me, but I never felt any fear when I heard about the pandemic. Um, I just listened to what our politicians, um, our leaders were saying, and I started to notice that they were not uniting the country, they were dividing, and to me, that that didn't make sense, and I felt like there might have been an ulterior motive. Um, and then as things proceeded, and my sister actually has a degree in microbiome and immunology, and she was saying, you know, these headlines don't make sense. This is not what a virologist would say. And I, I'd have a lot of really great conversations with her. In addition, um, my family, I would say, they're, they really push critical thinking and listening to both sides of the conversation. So I was always willing to listen to people who had a different viewpoint. I am very against... Um, group think and cancel culture. I've been canceled for my view on cancel culture before. Um, so yeah, I just I didn't like what I was seeing, and I didn't see what the leaders of the country were doing as true leadership. So I said I didn't have really an issue with the vaccine necessarily at the beginning. I just thought, well, there's no longitudinal studies. Um, we don't know what this will do and they're not being honest about that. They're saying it's safe and effective and they have no way of knowing that without longitudinal studies. So I chose to hold back. Right.
1: Now, you've advised that you created uh, an account, I believe it started on Instagram, is that right, for Students Against Mandates? That's correct. Can you tell us about uh, the the early days of of the creation of that account?
0: Yeah, I feel uh, being ignored by the president pushed me to create this Instagram account to share the policies that Red River College was um, implementing. It started focusing with Red River College. Um, I have the graphic design background, so I felt this is something that I could do. Um, And then to my surprise, I have to say I was very isolated prior to the pandemic. All of my friends, all of my social circles did not agree with my viewpoint. I hadn't really told most of my friends, but my family, half of them are vaccinated. I have five siblings. half of them are vaccinated, but they all supported us making our own decision. Um, So I made this Instagram not expecting much back. Um, I remember I was surprised when I got 25 followers that there were 25 (laughs) like-minded people at Red River who agreed with me. But then I just started getting hundreds, now thousands of messages over the past three years, but hundreds of stories from uh, students, staff, Uh, administration professors, um, doctors, lawyers, there's underground networks of paramedics and lawyers in Winnipeg. It opened my eyes to just how many people there were being affected by this and the degree to which they were being impacted. And it just kept me going and and pushing back and speaking up. Can you describe some of the more memorable messages that you received
1: from uh, some other students who were similarly impacted by vaccines or vaccine
0: mandates? Absolutely. So at the start, a lot of the messages from students um, sort of surrounded, feeling isolated, um, scared uh, that they couldn't speak up. Essentially, it was a lot of messages saying thank you for making this platform because I felt alone and it's been impacting my mental health. I start saying to anybody who is in Winnipeg, I will meet up with you. I'll have coffee if it's legal to go to a coffee shop right now. Or, you know, we can go for a walk. So I was starting to do that multiple times a week, and then it started to get to be a lot, so I started hosting potlucks um, at my house to get these people to meet each other and form a community. I felt like if you have people behind you, you're going to be more likely to speak up. And I know I have my family behind me, but these people didn't have anyone. So I started doing that. But one student I met up with for coffee, she's from China. She said that... Um, She's a resident student. She said, if I don't get vaccinated, I'm going to go back to China. And if I don't get my Canadian passport before then, I'm not going to be able to come back. Um, And she said, we wouldn't be able to have this conversation in a coffee shop where I'm from. Um, So I'd really like to stay here. Um, And then I had a a message. It really shocked me at the time because I was anonymous up until the Freedom Convoy Um, uh, on Sam. A former teacher that I had had before the pandemic, one that I'd see every day in person, she messaged me and said, can you help me? I got one dose of the vaccine. Um, I'm terribly injured. I can't, essentially like all the the symptoms of Parkinson's, like shaking, couldn't walk well, sleeping most of the day. She said, I'm having difficulty picking up a a cup of coffee Um, and I ended up saying, it's me. I'm I'm a former student of yours and she's going to testify, I believe, but she's not well, so she wasn't able to, to follow through with that. So that was pretty hard. I had um, a professor, actually this about three weeks ago, messaged me. She said, she just wanted to share her story with me, that she held out as long as she could. She didn't want to get the vaccine. Her, um, she loved her job, and she'd worked there like her whole career. And they said she'd lose her job if she didn't get vaccinated. And she said, if I didn't, I would lose my house. I wouldn't be able to pay for my mortgage payments. So I went and got vaccinated. But I was bawling hysterically when I went into the clinic saying, I do not want to do this. And no one said anything. They looked sheepish and uncomfortable. But they vaccinated me. And about two weeks later, they dropped the mandate. And she said, I was raped when I was younger. And this is akin to that but I can't get the substance out of my body, and I'm afraid of what's going to happen to me. And she said, I'm crying right now writing this email to you. Um, so a lot of messages like that, it's been pretty hard sometimes to see all this, and I realize I'm very lucky because my situation is a unique one where I was never at, at risk of like not being able to put food in front of my family or a place to sleep. I always knew I'd have a family who'd be able to support me, but a lot of these people are not able to speak up, and they don't have the ability to. Um, but I do, and the fact that this is rare for you to be able to speak up is, is very upsetting. Um, I also had an administrator from a university contact me and say that um, the university decided to give students an extra week, sort of like an extra study week, reading week, week off, um, and they said, The real reason they're doing that, it's known internally that the suicide rate for students is going up, so they're giving them a mental health week, Um, and that was due to lockdowns and whatnot. Um, So, If I can
1: just interrupt you for a moment here. Yeah, of course. Um, Sorry, you've, you've referred several times to students or a professor. Were these all students and professors from your school, Red River College, or were they from...
0: All across Canada. Um, The majority of the ones I've told you are ones that I've met with in person that are from Winnipeg. There's one story that the one where she emailed me, that was from Alberta.
1: Okay. Uh, And how many messages did you receive from from students and professors,
0: do you think? At this point, I've received thousands. I've had to bring on more people to help me answer the messages, and I can't answer all of them, but I've received hundreds of stories um, where they're explaining their story, and a lot of them are just, they need someone to talk to. Like I had one girl say, every time I come downstairs, my family pretends I don't exist, and I'll say hi, hi guys, morning, and they don't look at me, they look through me, and they keep talking to each other, so she had to move out. Um, so she's someone I met up with in person and talked to because these people are being abused.
1: Now, what was the response from the public generally uh, to your to your uh, creation of this group?
0: Um, I mean, from the freedom community, very good, from non-freedom community members, not so great. I had an article written about me. I received death threats. I was called an alt-right extremist, um, leader of a pro-convoy youth group, which, I guess, um, fair. Uh, I It brought members of my family into it, saying, look, her mom supports her. Um, I was called a Nazi. I was... People said they were gonna push me off the top of a building and my family members off the top of a building. Um, yeah, I don't advise people to read the comment section. I read that about two or three times over and I'd just be shaking. Reading it. it's very weird seeing your name written over and over again. There were hundreds of comments between Reddit, Twitter, Facebook, former friends commenting, saying I used to be friends with her and I distanced myself as soon as I realized what her views were, um, so. Right. And, and all of my friends prior to the pandemic stopped being friends with me. They cut me out so not good on that side right
1: so if I can just bring us back to the start of your your fourth uh, semester again I I think you've touched on this already but you you advised that pardon me classes moved back to to being in person and I believe you reached out to the administration and encouraged them to um, to offer some online courses but There, I believe you've testified already that um, you and I believe a number of other unvaccinated students were unable to register for any of the online sections. Is that right?
0: That's correct. And I reached out and said, for some reason, my registration portal is gray. I can't click on any of the buttons to register. And they said, it seems like a number of students are having this issue. We'll contact you when it's fixed. And like four hours later, I got an email saying, should be good to go, and I go on, and all of the online options were gone. Um, I don't know all of the students that this affected. It could have been vaccinated, unvaccinated, I don't know. But it's very hard to meet people over Zoom. I had met one girl who was unvaccinated, and she had the same problem. But I don't know about the rest.
1: Uh, To your knowledge, were the online sections reserved for unvaccinated students, or could anyone register? Anybody could. They
0: just said, we will provide
1: one per class.
0: You got to make sure you you get it in time, basically. Okay.
1: And uh, I understand that you're unable to complete, of course, your fourth semester because of this. Um, what what is your current educational? What, what is the current status of your education or completion of that degree? Have you been able to go back and complete it, or where do things stand
0: now? No, and I, I have no intention of doing so because I felt like I couldn't give another penny to and. An academic institution that discriminated against me and segregated me from my classmates, so although I do have to forfeit the money that I put into it, the time and effort, um, I have no interest in finishing that It, w- it would have been great to have that diploma, but as i said i'm I'm lucky I did have uh, education beforehand that I can use to to get a job. I completed a graphic design program i i I, don't, I didn't need it, but it would have been nice to have gotten
1: so when it became apparent that you wouldn't be able to complete your degree did you
0: set about trying to find new employment yes and I applied to many different places um, about seven places at the time it was uh, like different serving jobs um, I just thought in the meantime until I can find something else I was also doing a bit of freelance graphic design thankfully I had that um, but every place that I applied to, they either start the interview with, are you vaccinated? And I'd say, no. They'd say, are you planning to? And then I'd say, no. And it'd either be a really uncomfortable interview or at the end of the conversation, then they'd ask me. I had one interview where it seemed to go really well. And they were saying, we're so excited. This is going to be great. What's your schedule like? And I said, completely open. I can take as many shifts, as few shifts. I can work at any location. They were like, great. And then they said, are you vaccinated? said, no. And then the next day, they said our schedules don't line up, so it's not going to work out. Um, so I don't. <laughs> I, say I, I, un-
1: that. I understand that you you are employed now. Is that correct? I am.
0: Yeah, a family member of mine recommended that I apply to where they work, and I was able to get employment as a marketing specialist. Very good. Uh,
1: did you experience any other negative impact of your involvement with students against mandates or or your general? Uh, position and outspokenness about the vaccine mandates generally?
0: Honestly, I would say overall creating SAM is the thing that helped me through the pandemic. Um, I don't know where I would be if I hadn't, um, but there were definitely negative things that came with it in terms of losing all of my friends, um, having my friends or people attack me. I, I was harassed by a doctor uh, for a while, um, calling me transphobic for posting Jordan Peterson <laughs> posts. Um, uh, a, lot of, a lot of not great things happened, but I have such a good support system that you, know, you take it in stride and it didn't seem so bad. I'd say the worst thing was um, losing my, my friends, losing my ability to get um, my <laughs> diploma. And the article, especially in terms of how it impacted, I'd say, one of my siblings, because she's a part of SAM2, I know it caused her extreme stress. It did for me as well. Um, it made going to work very uncomfortable, um, but nonetheless, it is what it is. Did you ever fear for your physical safety um, at any point through this experience? I didn't initially when I saw the death threats, because I just thought people on Twitter are rude. Um, but then, someone broke into my house shortly after that article came out. They had actually posted where you could find my house address uh, in the article. And I, um, I was home alone, and I heard someone come into my house. And just the way that I am, I, I, like I paused the Matt Walsh episode I was watching, and I then figured maybe it's just my cats making a huge amount of noise, and I went upstairs. And then later I came downstairs and the door was open, the mat was flipped over, drawers were open, and the door that I had locked was unlocked. So I ran out of the house, I called the police, and they said, has anyone said they want to hurt you? And I was like, well, actually, yeah, people have um, threatened my life. So then I was not able to sleep there for like four days comfortably. I was too scared to go back home.
1: How do you feel that this situation could have been better addressed by, for instance, your, your administration at the school?
0: I think, I, I don't think mandates should have been in place at all. I don't think you can segregate people. I don't think you can coerce people into taking an experimental um, novel injection. Um, I think we need to look at this on the individual perspective rather than a utilitarian collectivist perspective. Uh, we heard a lot during the pandemic that you know, do this for the greater good, do this for the collective, but that comes with harm to the individual, and at the end of the day, it's the individual that makes up the collective. So if you're harming the individuals, um, that leads nowhere good. We've seen in history that that's not the way to do it, and how can you really quantify um, uh, it being a worthwhile sacrifice for the collective? I just, I disagree with that fundamentally, and uh, mandates should never have been implemented in the first place.
1: Thank you. That concludes my question subject to any questions that the commissioners may have
2: well thank you very much for your testimony uh, I heard you say that uh, one of the response you got from university is that uh, in their corporate HR environment where diversity inclusion and equity is such a high important. Uh, aspect of the way they want to manage people, uh, discrimination in their view is kind of a cardinal sin. Mm-hmm. So, and it's probably true also in other corporation where DAI is so important to push uh, as a way to 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 re- manage the human resources. So, uh, how what's the sort of moral uh, standard? that justify the kind of discrimination you've been through with the vaccine mandate, as well as other people that have been submitted to that. What's the justification one can propose or can oppose to this uh, notion that uh, discrimination is bad except in this case?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's So funny, it, it was so hypocritical to start the full paragraph saying we're against all these things, but we're doing it anyways and we're not talking to you about it anymore. Um, their justification, I mean, they didn't say this, but I'm assuming they're suggesting to protect the vaccinated students and for the health of the, the students and staff. Um, but again, when you ask for data supporting these mandates, like, I would understand implementing measures to protect students and staff, um, maybe there's a pandemic and you say we're gonna give everybody the opportunity to do online classes if you want to, um, give them that option. But, oh, I've lost my train of thought. Um, Yeah, they they refused to even discuss the data. And actually, this is interesting. A lot of students um, screenshotted their responses from their universities all across the country, asking their university, what data do you have supporting your measures? And a lot of the responses are the exact same thing. Other universities are doing it. We're not discussing this. This is the end of the communication we're having with you. No university that I can find has presented data to support it. Um, And that's the same thing, as I said, I I just got some, (laughs) like uh, that diversity, inclusion, equity response. It looked like a copy and paste response, and then we're not talking to you. We don't want to talk to you. You're not going to hear from us again. So there's, they can't justify it. They can't justify their um, discrimination, so.
2: Thank you.
1: Are there any further questions? Okay. Thank you for your testimony. It sounds more like the pedagogy of the oppressed is at Red River College. <laughs> I just, uh, but I know it's consistent with other universities and colleges across the country. Uh, Red River College in about, I'm going to say 15 years ago, was well known for PLAR, for prior learning and assessment recognition. Given all the experience that you have, do you think the president of Red River College, who is not a doctor, I'm going to assume he's not a doctor, maybe I'm wrong there, but I'm going to assume that he or she is not a doctor, would be willing to take all that experience, the professional experience and knowledge that you have, and finish your fourth semester as uh, under uh, the PLAR criteria? Do you think that's possible? I'd hate to see you lose your education.
0: Yeah. Um- I doubt it. I don't think they're going to be uh, making allowances for me or helping me. They haven't at this point, so there's no reason for me to believe that they would do that now. And I should add, you were saying um, this is for just Red River. We've actually it started with Red River, and we've expanded. I have a huge team working with me and hundreds of members. This organization serves all of Canada. So we have like people on the leadership team who are, live in BC and Ontario. It's, it's a Canada-wide nonprofit.
1: Thank you for taking up the torch. Thank you. Thank you very <clears throat> Thank you very much for your testimony on behalf of the National Citizens Inquiry.
0: Thank you for having me.